1: Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. I hope you'll take some time to visit our ministry website at djkm.org, where you can find all kinds of great digital content. The popular company Nike is one of the largest suppliers of athletic shoes and sports apparel in the world. Their famed slogan, Just Do It, was part of a highly successful marketing campaign launched in 1988. Teaming up with famous athletes such as Michael Jordan and Roger Federer, Nike gradually bolstered their image to become an iconic brand associated with success. Naturally, this led to customers associating their purchase of Nike goods with the prospect of achieving greatness. Do you know the origins of the word Nike? Well, in ancient Greek mythology, Nike was a goddess who personified victory. Nike's effective marketing campaign throughout the years has led people to associate their brand with victory and winning, defeating an enemy or opponent, and being triumphant. But as most have discovered, wearing a certain shoe brand or driving a particular brand of car or wearing the right clothes cannot make one victorious. We all have the same battles to fight against formidable enemies like disappointment, decline, sin, death, and Satan. While Nike attempts to embody victory, it is Jesus Christ alone who personifies true victory, and it is through faith in Christ that we also are destined for victory. A victory which will never end dr. Kennedy shares more in his message the victory of faith may
2: we now turn to the Word of God as it's found in the first epistle of John chapter 5 verse 1 whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? And may God speak to our hearts and minds this day through this portion of his holy word. May his name ever be praised. Amen. You are listening to the strains of a symphony orchestra which is playing for the first time a new composition by a great master. And as the theme begins to develop, suddenly it seems almost accidentally or incidentally that another note or brief melody which seems to be completely alien to what has been taking place is sounded. And then that is merged and lost back in the primary theme of the composition. But then after a while, again, once more, more decidedly, that same chord or melody is struck again. And then once more, the primary theme. And soon after some while, once again, that is sounded with the full richness and sonorous tones of the symphony orchestra until at last you come to realize that this magnificent melody was in the mind of the great master from the very beginning. And so also is it with John. In the epistle that we read today, he takes a beautiful theme which, though not introduced at the beginning of the epistle, soon is sounded. And then, after a while, it is sounded again, and then anon once more is heard until finally it reaches a great crescendo and a climax, and that oft-repeated, recurrent, periodic melody is seen to be that which was in his heart and soul from the beginning. In fact, it is not one theme, but this master composer gives us two themes which weave their way through this epistle until finally, at length, they meet in a great climax and crescendo. The first of those themes is the theme of birth or rebirth. Birth from God. Now, we do not have to look far afield to discover where John got that theme, for we know that he took it right from the very lips of Jesus himself, for John is the one that relates that to us in the third chapter of his gospel, when Jesus says to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except. A man be born again, he can in no wise see the kingdom of God. Ian matis genethe another udulatai. Idaintain Basileam to It is not possible for such a man who has not been born from above, born anew, born from God to even see. The kingdom of God. And so it is that theme of the new birth which begins to sound in the second chapter of this epistle where John tells us everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. And then again it is merged and forgotten for a while but once more after a while We read in chapter 4, And everyone that loveth is born of God. And finally, in this fifth chapter, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And this great theme finally merges together with the other theme in this climactic verse, which is our text. But first, the other theme with which it is merged is the theme of victory. In Greek, the word is Nike, from which we get Nike, the god or goddess of victory, winged victory it is. And this too is a theme that John has taken from the lips of Christ himself, for he reported that also in his gospel. It was but one Hour away from Gethsemane, but one brutal sleepless night away from Golgotha, where there on that blood blackened hill hell was poured out upon the man on the middle cross. But that night, Jesus had uttered these astonishing words. Knowing full well what lay ahead of him in the next 24 hours, Jesus said to his disciples, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world.
0: What an astonishing statement
2: for one who is about to be crushed under the heel Of the world that he should offer to others good cheer when he himself it would seem need to be condoled and uplifted and supported I have overcome the world and so this theme as well is taken up by John in this epistle and we read in the second chapter ye Have overcome the wicked one and again in the fourth chapter and ye have overcome the antichrists who are already in the world and now at length he comes to this final text where both of these themes are merged together in verse 4 we read for whatsoever is born of god overcometh the world and This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, my friends, I hope that you are not blind to the great truth that John is teaching. He is teaching us that we are born to conquer. Not only that we are born to conquer, but that everyone who is born of God does conquer. Now keep in mind that he is not talking about the physical birth. As Jesus said, that which is flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In fact, those who experience a fleshly birth are undoubtedly born to defeat, for it matters not how powerful they may be, how high they may climb, what accomplishments they may make. It is inevitable that the end, at the end their lives shall go down to destruction and the grave and finally be eaten by worms. It is a life which because of the fall of man is destined to defeat, but But those who are born of God are destined for victory, for a victory which will never end, a victory which has been accomplished by Christ and which we, who are his followers and trust in him, a victory which we take part in. What a glorious thing that is. And this is accomplished, he tells us, by faith, a faith that sees Jesus as the great conquering king and knows that in him we can do all things. It is a faith that defies difficulties, that mocks at obstacles, that sneers at the improbable and laughs at impossibilities and does boldly that thing which cannot be done. It is a faith which overcomes. And it is this same concept that is repeated by John in his final book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. In all seven of the letters that he writes in the second and third chapters to the churches of Asia, he concludes with the words, and to him that overcometh, to him that overcometh, to him that overcometh, I will give to sit with me upon my throne. I will give him a new name, a white stone and all of the other things that are said. And finally, in that book at the very end of it, Jesus says that to him that overcometh that he would reign with him forever and ever. We are born to overcome. And what a glorious and wonderful thing that is. And this is accomplished by faith. Faith which can do and has done the most astonishing things. It was faith that brought this nation into existence. It was the faith of Columbus who believed the word of God, that there was a continent out there that yet needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. At a time when most still believed that the world was flat and there was nothing out there except to plummet off the edge of the earth into nothingness. And when his crew, because of their fear and unbelief, were about to revolt and to mutiny, it was the indomitable faith of Columbus that kept them going until, at last, the cry was heard: "Land ho!" And America healed into existence through faith. It was faith. It was the belief that electricity could illuminate our cities and lighten our homes that kept Thomas Edison going time after time, experiment after experiment, failure after failure, dozens and scores and hundreds and thousands of tries that failed did not shake that unconquerable faith until at last the world lighted up in testimony to an unconquerable faith. It was faith that men could fly that enabled the Wright brothers to continue their investigations into all of the experiments and the theories that had been held for the last five centuries before them. It finally enabled them to break the lock that bound man to this earth and to set us toward the stars. It was faith that kept a young man going with his career in singing, even though he was humiliated time after time by his voice breaking until finally even his coach despaired and encouraged him to give up. But he believed that he was meant to sing. And so, Enrique Caruso continued by faith. And the world knows the outcome. But you know, as marvelous as faith is in these areas, that's not really what John is talking about here at all. He's not talking about conquering a material world. He's talking about conquering a world of evil, as in the world, the flesh, and the devil. He's talking about moral and spiritual conquests. This is what he is dealing with, which deal with the sin which lies coiled within the breast of every man and every woman, which lies, deals with the sin which is everywhere in our society today. And John is saying that we have been born anew in order that we might conquer that sin within ourselves and also within society. Have you experienced that new birth and that victory? It is a victory over the devil, the wicked one, the antichrist. It is a victory over the flesh and is a victory over the moral evils of this world and it is finally a victory over death itself. And it is because of that final conquest that we are able to have the other conquest prior to that and after. We have overcome the world because we have overcome its greatest terror, which is death. It is because we have been born of God A God who has come and died and risen again and by his resurrection has demonstrated that there is no end to life for those that trust in him and that he has prepared for us a place, a mansion in paradise beyond anything which has ever entered into the heart or mind of men. And how glorious and how wondrous that assurance is so that we can sing blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Do you have that faith, that assurance, that joy, that victory in your life? The victory that John is talking about is a conquest of this sinful world. And that, my friends, actually is possible. I think one of the great tragedies today, that that idealism seems to almost have died away, that how seldom do we hear people talking about aspiring to great and lofty ideals of purity and cleanliness of life and thought, of truth and honesty, of nobility, of character in fact may i ask you this outside of a church when did you last ever hear this adjective ascribed to anyone noble that is what you were born for you were born to overcome the world not to be overcome by it you were born to be transformed not conformed unto this world by the renewing of your mind and thank god that we have been given a power not only the cross of christ where we find cleansing from the sin not only the example of jesus christ as the captain of the well-fought fight that goes before before us and leads us onward and upward, but also by the presence of Christ, dwelling by his Holy Spirit in our hearts, giving us the strength to say no to sin and yes to God and to live a noble Christian life. Ah, dear friend, to that you have been born into the kingdom of God. For that purpose, you have come. If that is not your determinate resolution, I would urge you even now to determine in your heart that from this day forward, you are going to overcome the world by your faith In the Son of God. May we pray. Father, even as Luther looked beyond the possibility of the stake, and Haas and countless thousands and millions of other martyrs looked beyond the flames and saw the Son of God and were enabled to overcome the world and to astonish and dumbfound the worldlings that inhabit it, so grant that we may fix our eyes upon Jesus Christ and seeing him may see how pitiful and fleeting and vain are the fashions and lusts of this world. And by faith in Christ, be overcomers for Him.
0: In His name we ask. Amen. You cannot be an overcomer for Jesus Christ if you don't know Him as your Savior and Lord, do you? Have you come to the place in your spiritual life where you know absolutely for certain that you'll be with God in heaven someday? If not, today you can place your trust in Jesus, having full confidence that He paid the penalty for your sins with His death upon the cross. And now, He offers eternal life to you as an absolutely free gift. Please understand that we can never be good enough to earn heaven. But if you'd like to receive the gift and have peace with God now and forever, pray this prayer with me now, saying, Lord Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner in my thoughts and my actions. Please forgive me of my sins and cleanse me and give me new and right desires so that I may live for you from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, we have a book we'd like to send you. It's Beginning Again, which is precisely what you're doing. IN THESE PAGES YOU'LL FIND ENCOURAGEMENT IN YOUR NEW FAITH AS YOU LEARN HOW TO READ AND STUDY THE BIBLE AND SO MUCH MORE AND IT'S OUR GIFT TO YOU WHEN YOU WRITE TO OUR ADDRESS OR CALL OUR TOLL-FREE NUMBER JUST ASK FOR BEGINNING AGAIN GOD BLESS YOU AS YOU DO
1: AS DR. KENNEDY DISCUSSES THROUGH CHRIST WE CAN HAVE VICTORY OVER THE DEVIL OVER THE FLESH OVER MORAL EVILS AND VICTORY OVER DEATH ITSELF. KNOWING THAT GOD IS ABLE SHOULD COMFORT US DURING DIFFICULT TIMES WHEN IT SEEMS THAT THE WORLD IS FILLED WITH HATE AND MALICE. THE WORLD WE LIVE IN AND OUR CULTURE ARE IN FACT UNDER ATTACK BY THOSE WHO WISH TO DO EVIL. TWO OF OUR MOST TREASURED INSTITUTIONS, THE FAMILY AND MARRIAGE, ARE SPECIFICALLY UNDER ATTACK BY THE RADICAL LEFT. We have an important resource for you that will help you better understand this barrage on our traditions and institutions. It's a special report from our ministry called The Assault on Families, Parental Rights in the Crosshairs. There is a concerted movement to take authority for the child away from parents today and to give it to the government. This is part and parcel of what we call social and cultural Marxism. The Communist Manifesto even calls for the abolition of the family, which its authors saw as merely a tool of capitalism. Today, members of the far left are working through the United Nations, the government, and even the courts to redefine the family out of existence and transfer the responsibility for raising children to the state. This new special report, written by our own education specialist, Dr. Karen Gusta, explains what's happening and equips you to stand against it. We will be happy to send you a copy of this special report called The Assault on Families, Parental Rights in the Crosshairs as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box one eleven sixty four, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888 332 3069. Or you can go online to djkm.org. And if you're able to give a generous donation of $50 or more, we'll send you the report plus the powerful, incisive book from Dr. Paul Kangor entitled Takedown From Communists to Progressives How the Left Has Sabotaged Family and Marriage. Dr. Kangor, a political science professor, will help you connect the dots between cultural Marxism, the radical left, and the ongoing movement to redefine marriage, sexuality, and gender. That's the book Takedown, plus the special report, The Assault on Families, as our thanks for your generous donation of $50 or more or the special report alone for a donation of any amount to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time.
0: Today's program is available on DVD or audio CD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.